You can't stop them from having an objection. Customers have objections. You do too. Every single time anybody in the world goes into any store anywhere on the planet, what happens? We see an objection. We see the person walk in. We see them greeted by the salesperson, if there is a salesperson. And that salesperson will ask, can I help you? And what do we almost always say? No, thanks. I'm just looking. Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming back to Food for Thought. I want to cover a topic with you today, which confuses salespeople. It is the heart of echo selling because echo selling, well, your selling, your sales pitch echoes best when it's a great pitch. And every sales pitch is just a little bit better when it sounds enthusiastic, natural, authentic. It comes from the heart. You really mean it. Customers are on to you if you're lying or if you're misleading or if you're spinning the truth. So you really have to not only be enthusiastic and authentic, but you have to sound truthful in all that. And I mention this because in order to do that and to do that consistently, you have to script it. Uh-oh, I just said the word script. Salespeople tend to panic when I say script. They are sure that scripting is the opposite of sounding authentic and natural and excited. And I have recognized this for many years. I've taught more than 50,000 salespeople how to make appointments on the phone. And it's a difficult skill. It's probably your most well-paid skill. If you could actually pull this skill off, you will find it uh, compensates you over and over and over again. But the key to this skill is that you start with a script and, and the reason for the script, by the way, is when you say the same words in the same way all the time, you get the same reaction. So the whole thing about appointment making isn't so much that you're going to say something that will magically brainwash the person. No, you can't stop them from having an objection. Customers have objections. You do, too. Every single time anybody in the world goes into any store anywhere on the planet, what happens? We see an objection. We see the person walk in. We see them greeted by the salesperson, if there is a salesperson, and that salesperson will ask, can I help you? And what do we almost always say? No, thanks. I'm just looking. You know, I think that sales people are worried about scripts, and meanwhile, the customer has a script, and their script has things like not interested, not now, I'm already sad, I'm happy now, why don't you just send me something? How much is it? Don't go into it, Don't just how much is it? As some sort of a direct question. Well, we can't stop the person from giving us that objection, which comes at us like a fastball at 90 miles an hour, but we can be better at handling any of these objections when we just know it's coming. Well, let's apply that principle to uh, scripting. So when I'm teaching appointment making and I say you should script the response, your your, uh, opening, I always get, no matter what country I'm in, no matter what group it is, no matter what the age or the culture or the technology or the industry, they always come back, they look at me and they go, script? And I go, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Script's not going to work. Boy, a script is so not going to work. Boy, if if it's scripted, it's going to sound scripted. And then... 
I point out the obvious. Hey, anybody in this room of doubters about scripts, anybody ever see a movie or a TV show or a play, a professional play? What, what does that look like? Because it is scripted. It's absolutely scripted. And they'll look at me and they go, well, yeah, well, maybe it's maybe it's mostly scripted, but I think the, the actors kind of wing it. No, I said, no, 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 they don't wing. There's no winging. They have to follow it word for word. And why? Well, because the other actors need your words uh, as their cue. They don't know when to speak until you hit that certain word. But does it sound like a script? No, no. In those cases, that actor so gifted, they took someone else's words and not only memorized those words, but they internalized them. And they rehearsed them and they practiced and they internalized it to the point that it now sounds like their words. Well, I'm not asking you to take somebody else's words and make them sound like your words. I'm asking you to take your words and make it sound like your words. And why do I tell you to script it? Well, in the appointment-making scenario, the script causes the customer to give us an objection we could better handle because we can anticipate it, because we know it's coming, because we're causing them to say the same thing matching our script. But in our echo selling application, we want a great, a honed, a polished, a perfect message because that's what's going to uh, echo. If, if it's too long, it won't echo. If it's the wrong word, it won't echo. The wrong imagery, the wrong metaphor, it won't echo. So we need it to be consistently right. And the thing about salespeople is, you know, on the outside, we may consistently have a smile, but inside, it's an emotional roller coaster. You're having a good month, a bad month. Your boss just yelled at you. The customer just uh, fired you. You know, all kinds of things, good things and bad things happen, and they weigh on our on us, and they and they change our mood, and they and they change our confidence, and they change that smile on your face and that look in your eye. So. If we're to really echo sell, we've got to be at our best every single time. We can't say to a person, normally I'm enthusiastic, but today I'm a little upset, I'm a little depressed, but forget about today, normally, just just, uh, just as you're repeating my message, please do it with a bigger smile than I've got. You, you can't do that. You have to model that enthusiasm. In fact, what you're pointing out, when you're enthusiastic, what you're really saying is this message is so excited. It's so exciting. Even I can't help myself but be enthusiastic. I'm reacting in kind. You know, if I lack that enthusiasm, then it looks like, well, even I'm not enthusiastic. So if I'm not, why why would the customer be? The customer tends to match the, the salesperson. If you're enthusiastic or you're not, you lack confidence or you're very confident, either you're reassuring, you're not reassuring, it changes how the customer reacts to. So how do we achieve this? Well, over the years, I've discovered a couple of important things. Of course, like everybody else, I try to avoid scripting because like everybody else, at first I believed what everybody told me. Can't script, script's going to sound scripted. Even though I originally was an actor and I'm a trained actor and I know how to script scripts. I know how to score them. I know how to read them so that they, they sound right. And there's a word that we use in acting. It's called discovery. And that's when we add that air of discovery. We could make something we've said a million times sound new again. Well, how do we, without taking an all acting course, pull that off? Well, I've learned that when people don't script, they go long, they go wordy. 
In fact, salespeople are often warming up with their first couple of sentences. And so there's a couple of, now meanwhile, the customer tunes out after the first couple of sentences. So they only heard the warm up part. So when you have something that's tricky to say, know that about yourself. Know you're going to go wordy. Know you're going to warm up. Know you're just going to just talk just to get your mouth moving. And then you'll discover about two and a half, three sentences into it, what you were really trying to say in the first place. I find it just works better if you take those difficult to communicate concepts and first write them down. And what will happen is you're going to write them and I want you to write every separate sentence on a different line, and best done on a computer, because what you want to do is then flip it around, flip the order. Which is the first sentence? If I'm trying to get from A to B to C to D to E, do I start with A? Maybe it's too predictable if I go A, then B, then C. Maybe I should start with D and then work my way backward and forward. Maybe I should start with E. Let me start with a punchline. Where am I trying to get to? And then work my way into how I arrived at the logic of that or how I developed that thought in the first place. So if you script it first, you will change the order. When you script it first, also, you'll start to edit it. You'll start to realize that certain things that sound right when you're writing them, when you're reading them uh, uh, and and you're just saying it, it's too many words. And I'll give you an example. If I sit down with you and have a meeting with you, I, I might say, well, let me just start uh, at the beginning. I'm, I'm Steve Bookbinder. I'm the CEO of Digital Media Training. And then, you know, that sounds natural if I just sat down and I told you I'm going to introduce myself from the beginning in a sales call. If, on the other hand, I took uh, uh, that same approach with an email and I started the email by saying, hi, I'm Steve Bookbinder. I am the CEO of Digital Media. When you read it, it sounds completely unnecessary. First of all, you already knew who I was because you saw the email signature. You saw who the email came from. My name is in various points in the email. You don't need me to say it for you to know who I am. So it becomes an extraneous word, only obviously extraneous when you saw it written. So write down your important messages. Get the right order squeeze out, or I call it wordsmithing, but squeeze out every excess word. The impression that the listener should have, if this is to properly echo, is that you spoke longer than you did. You spoke for a minute, but in their mind, you spoke for like five minutes because you communicated so much. But in fact, you cleverly did it by just choosing exactly the right words, the fewest number of words told in the right order with the right smile and everything else. Now, that's the other part of it. You're going to be in a good mood or a bad mood on some day, so you need to practice saying it enthusiastically. The actor's trick, if you will, to discovery, and let's give you an example. Let's say I'm in a play, and it's a murder mystery, and there's a dead body in a coat closet, and I don't expect that, of course. So I uh, go in the house, and I'm going to hang up my coat, and I open up the coat closet, expecting to see coats, and oh my God, there's a dead body. Well, in the first time I'd ever see that, of course, I'd go, oh my God. But the 10,000th performance I already knew was coming. I have to remind myself to be surprised. Well, I'm never really surprised about a dead body in a closet. That's not really how my life works. But I am surprised when I turn on the shower expecting hot water and cold water comes out. So as an actor, what I would do is I would replicate the shock and surprise of the shower moment. I'm plugging that into the closet moment. The audience just sees me open and, cl- and shock. They don't see 
that in my mind I was actually imagining being in a shower. But that's how I get that authentic, oh my God, in fact, when I go in the shower and it happens, I start to look at what do I actually do? Do I inhale first? Do I move my left hand over here, my right hand over there? Like literally, what do I do when I'm shocked in that way? Let me recreate those motions. Well, in that same way, let's take the pitch that we want others to echo. Let's write it down, get it in the right order, and practice saying it in an enthusiastic way. And by the way, it may mean it's not grammatically correct. You may not be able to get the right uh, uh, excitement without causing it to have a break in the middle of a sentence without the right punctuation. Don't worry about that. Worry about how you're going to say it enthusiastically. And from a discovery point of view, well, when else are you communicating something like that? When do you have a message where your message is, hey, I was thinking about this, thinking about you, thinking about me, thinking about what your problems are, thinking about what my solutions are, and all of a sudden I had this great idea. Well, when else do you have a great idea? Use those moments in your real life, in your natural life, in your day-to-day life when you've had a great idea and now recreate those. Listen to other people. What do they do when they have a great idea? It's interesting. They, it's, it's body language first. They scratch their head and they go, you know, I was just thinking. They snap their fingers. They go, I've got an idea. They hit themselves in the head. Then they go, you know what just occurred to me? Well, let's add those physical elements because the more you physicalize your message, that's even if you're communicating on the phone, even if they can't see you standing up and looking silly, don't worry about how silly you look. Know that if you don't move your hands, you sound dead. This is why when you watch somebody on the phone making a personal call versus you watch somebody at work making a business call, it looks completely different. At home, you're cradling the phone, you're walking, you're scratching your head, you're opening the refrigerator. As you're thinking about something, you grab a soda. But at work, we don't want to look silly, so we keep our hands not moving. We sit on our hands. And, you know, if you called your mother like that, your mother would go, what's the matter? And you go, nothing's wrong, Mom. Well, something sounds wrong. You sound like you're dead. You sound like you're upset. If you don't talk... With your hands, you will sound unemotional. So add all the physicality that you can in your rehearsal. Eventually, you'll be able to recreate the verbal enthusiasm without all of the uh, physicality, and that's going to help you when you're in person. But even when you're not in person, and increasingly in today's world, meetings are on phone, meetings are by video, the physicality of moving is all going to help make it look like you believe you are enthusiastic. You want the customer to be enthusiastic. Your enthusiasm will, in fact, carry that message not only to the person you're talking to, the customer, but it'll help it go from there, echoing through the canyons of their offices to their coworkers until finally somebody else repeats the message. Listen to what I'm saying. Think about what I'm saying. The next time you need to deliver a pitch that you want others to echo, maybe record it first. Maybe have a coworker watch you or listen to you and then give you feedback and be okay with that feedback. It's okay to have a bad rehearsal in front of coworkers because it doesn't cost anything. But you know what does cost you? Not rehearsing and doing it live when everything is riding on it. So rehearse, prepare, do it as I said, and you can help but get your enthusiastic message to echo, even though it's scripted. I hope you got a lot out of today's message. I want you to follow this. I want you to come back for more Thursday Echo Sessions. We also have a Saturday with Steve if you're a business owner. I want you to reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn if I can help you in any way. And if I can help you and your sales team make more sales through my training, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm Steve Bookbinder. I'm your sales coach. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. 
And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.